you want to turn uh, with me uh, into your study outline, uh, whether this morning you're new with us and it's the first time uh, you've heard anything about uh, the, the story that Tamika was talking about uh, and the video introduced, or whether you've been here for these past weeks and you've been struggling in line to try to get your copy of the, the, the story Bible, uh, I, I know I was driving to, to church this morning with my son Caleb and and he had the, the story Bible in his hands and he said, well, I, I've got this, but I don't really understand what we're doing. And so this morning I want to share with you why we're so excited about what you can experience and what we're going to experience as a whole church as we enter into the story. And so the question is, why do the story now? And the answer, first answer you see as you look at your uh, study outline is that uh, the story is, is getting us to, to read the Bible, to study the Bible. And as you see of just a few facts here, the Bible is like no other book. The Bible was the first book that was printed. It is by far the most translated, the most purchased, the most read, and the most quoted book of all time. It's been proven to be historically accurate. It was written by over 40 different authors from all walks of life. Shepherds, farmers, tent makers, physicians, fishermen, priests, philosophers, and kings. And despite these differences in occupation... In the span of centuries uh, that it took to write it, the Bible is an extremely cohesive and unified book. We, uh, we see from God's word himself in the Bible, God says, it describes what's different about this book in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's the living word of God. There are many religious books that have been written, some of the, the main ones we know about, and, and each of those has uh, claims in them, but the, the Bible is the only one that claims to be the words of God, the word of God. Okay, so those are reasons that we, we know. In fact, if we come to the new year, a lot of times we, uh, we always emphasize the opportunity to, to start out the year reading the Bible and reading through the Bible. And so those are things we, we have in our head about why it's important to, to read or to study the Bible. But, but why the, the story? Uh, why and how can this impact us in a different way maybe than we've ever experienced before? I want you to imagine for a moment that you are an actor or an actress in a play. And you've been given a part and you've been given a, a place to stand on the stage and you even have a costume. Uh, so you, you seem to be all set for this play except uh, there's something you're missing. You don't know the story. You haven't read the script and you don't really know how the story began and you don't know where the story goes or where it ends. Uh, you're just there on the stage with this role and this costume and you're not really sure uh, what, what you're supposed to do. As you think about that, that place, of being in that place, it describes how many of us go through life. We go through life not really being sure how, how life began. Not really being sure or certain where history is going and, and where time is going to end. And, and we're certainly unsure how we fit in that whole story of God. And so this next Sunday or this week when we launch the story, it's an opportunity for us. What if you could read the script to know how it begins, to know how it ends, and to know your part in it? We have the script. 
We have the script in God's word and, and this is an opportunity for us to find out our part in God's grand plan. And so no matter if you uh, are someone who has never really picked up the Bible or read it, maybe you haven't had an interest or maybe it's been a long time, you, you read it sometime in the past or you were in Sunday school as a kid or in church as a kid, but you, you've never really picked up the Bible recently or, or you used to read it a lot, but it's kind of grown stale for you. Or maybe you are actively reading through the Bible and you've been doing that each year. You've been teaching and studying God's word. For all of us, every one of us, this is an opportunity as we join together for the Holy Spirit as we, as we read and are, are under teaching uh, as we go through the story for us all to experience and uh, begin to understand how God's story impacts our story, our lives. Well, how is this different, uh, this, this story Bible uh, that we're talking about? Uh, Tomiko did a great job of, of, of explaining that a little bit to you. But if you just picture uh, that this is a Bible reading plan, uh, this is an opportunity for you to, to grab this and read through the, the, the Bible in a way that you never have before, in, in that narrative form as, as Tomiko shared. And so uh, you, can, you can actually find out, and we'll have a bookmark next week, each of the passages. It's the Bible. It's not a paraphrase. It's a New International Version. It's, it's the Bible uh, that you, you read and that Pastor Glenn teaches from each Sunday, the, the NIV translation. But it's, it's put together in a way so you can read it as a narrative. And so it's, it's not the whole Bible. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a chance to have a Bible reading plan for us to go through together to get the, the big picture and to get chronologically the little pictures of God's stories and God's story as we go through it together. Let me give you an example. That, that still might not uh, be enough for you to understand. Uh, chapter 12, for example. Well, if you, um, and you, could, you could pick up that plan and you could read all the same passages in your Bible. That, that, that you could do. Um, and if you'd like to do it that way, great. Uh, and we'll give you those passages, and you can read through it that way. But what this does is that, uh, let's say chapter 12 in the, in the story Bible. You come to David's trials and struggles, uh, King David. And in, in there, uh, we read about uh, David and Bathsheba. And if you're reading that, if I'm reading that in my Bible, then, then I begin in 2 Samuel chapter 11, which is on page 489 in my Bible. And I read chapters 11 and 12, and then, uh, then it skips to another book, 1 Chronicles. And so in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, on page 658 in my Bible, it picks up the story. And then as it goes through that, then you come to the place where you see uh, that uh, uh, David responds to Nathan the prophet and realizes he confesses his sin to God uh, on page 163 of the story Bible. There from, um, from that passage, it says, then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So you read through that seamlessly instead of having to go from this part uh, to this part and finding all those things. And then, uh, then David responds in Psalm 51, which is on page 889 in my Bible. And so you get, um, this is where Max Lucado and uh, Randy Frazee come in. When there's a, a transition and they just need to explain what's coming next, there's in italics, so you'll know it's not the scripture, it's, it's written by them. Uh, in italics, it, it says, after the last verse, it says, then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Then you get from uh, Max Lucado, Unlike Saul, David did not make excuses for his sin. Humbled and broken in heart, 
David acknowledged his sin and poured out his feelings in prayer. And then you go into Psalm 51 as it's printed there. So that gives you an idea. Um, you know, it's kind of easy, uh, the, this first chapter, uh, you could read the first nine chapters of Genesis. And it gets, you know, that's pretty easy to read through it that way. But it gets a little uh, harder to follow. Uh, and that's where the story can be valuable for you, to read through it as a narrative as we go through it together. Listen to how some people describe their experience with the story. This is your story. This is your story. This is your story. This is my story. This is my story. This is my story. But most of all, this is the greatest story ever told. This is God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. I know you're going to enjoy the incredible journey you're about to embark on. The story is brimming over with tales of mystery, intrigue, adventure, of love, heartbreak, and triumph, of power, of struggle, and finally, of redemption. But remember, the Bible is not a hundred ancient, unrelated paintings, but a mural all knitted together to tell the story of God's great love for us and the extent to which He will go to get us back. The great thing about this curriculum is that it was designed to encourage everyone in your church to participate, from the congregation to the small group and individual families, to go through the story group experience together. The story will change your life into a reflection of God's plan, God's story. I know you're really going to enjoy and appreciate this wonderful experience as you fully explore how we all fit into the greatest story ever told, God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. So as you hear them talk about the experience, this is more than just about getting more Bible information in our heads, but it's about it changing our story. As we look at God's story, his story, history, uh, as we look at it recorded in Scripture, we begin to see how it impacts our story. And as you see in your outline there, the story can change your story. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I don't know what 2013 has been like for you, but I know for me, there are some things that I'd like to see changed, areas of my life that I'd like to see changed as I go into 2014. There's some ways I'd like to kind of begin to rewrite or start over in, in my story in this new year. We talk about resolutions or we talk about ways that we make those kinds of commitments. But realize that as we, as we read through the story, it's not reading a, a rule book that is meant to confine our lives. Instead, it is that key that unlocks the door. It's the, the, the guide. It's the map. It's the, the owner's manual that opens up that life that we've all dreamed of living. I've just listed a few things in the outline that we get from God's word that as we, as we read the Bible together, what we're, what's going to be given to us in our lives First, we see uh, in your outline, you can fill in there, freedom. Anyone here like to be free from uh, past uh, failures, free from stress or worry or, or debts or, or habits or, or guilt? John eight thirty one 
32 in your outline says, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Direction. Ever feel like you're just uncertain what next step to take? Or maybe you feel like you're stumbling around in the dark, not feeling any direction for your life. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Life. We know John 3.16 promises us that if we trust in Christ, we have eternal life in him. But we don't wait until we, we, we die and leave this planet to, to go to heaven to experience life. We see in John 10.10 10 that Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and, and take life from you. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Purpose. Ever feel like, you know, you're kind of just going day to day in the daily grind and you're not sure what you're doing has much meaning or significance? We see in Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Isaiah 55, 11, God says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When we read God's word, when we, when we hear God's word, uh, we, it will never return empty. It will make those differences and give us purpose in life. Authenticity. You don't have to, uh, to, to experience the Bible, to understand it, to live it out. You don't have to begin to, uh, sometimes we feel like to, to fit into that, uh, to fit into people who read the Bible, we have to kind of put on a, a holy mask or a, a happy mask and, and cover up the real stuff that's going on in our lives. The Bible gives us authentic living. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And finally, assurance. Do you sometimes wonder where you stand with God? We read in 1 John 5.12, whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may hope, so that you may wish, so that you may work for, no, so that you may know, have assurance that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, briefly, how do you get the most out of, uh, out of the story experience that we're gonna have? Uh, Romans ten seventeen says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's why, again, if, if you want to read it from your, your Bible that you have, um, great. But we want to get this in your hands, this Bible reading plan, so that we can all jump in together into reading God's story. And so it's just a chapter a week. Again, uh, Pastor Glenn will start next Sunday on uh, chapter 1. So you can begin reading this week. If, uh, it's easy reading, though. A chapter a week, uh, you can, um, two to three uh, pages a day to read those chapters a week. And then uh, gather for worship and teaching. We have an, uh, the, the opportunity to, to gather together and see how uh, the, the story that we're reading reveals to us God's story. And so as we gather and worship and, and, and teaching, Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We'll, we'll see how we live that out as we join together for worship and teaching. And then third, we join together for understanding and application and encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This can be with your family. Uh, Our children's ministry, our student ministries, our adults, all can be reading and studying the same things together. There are are discussion questions that you can have provided from our children's ministry or just in the back of the, the story Bible. Each chapter has some discussion questions that you can discuss as a family. Or with a friend, make a commitment to somebody that you're going to get together once a week for for coffee or for lunch and just talk about what it is you're learning and and use that time to spur one another on uh, to love and good deeds. Or, as Tomiko talked about, uh, join a life group. If your life group, if you're already involved in a life group and your group would like to go through the story, there's a curriculum and some resources and you can contact Pastor Tomiko. Uh, if you uh, want to be involved in a home group or one, a group during the week, if you want to start one of those, let us know. Write on a Connect card. If you're not sure what group is going to be best for you, just write Story Life Group and on a Connect card and give us your contact information and we'll help you find that group that can help you uh, understand deeper and apply what you're learning as you go through the story. And then share your story. If you've been around uh, PFB Purpose for uh, any amount of time, then the the word oikos is familiar to you. It's that Greek word that that represents the the people in our extended household, the people that that are at our work or our school or our neighborhood or places that we frequent and and those people that we have a chance to influence on a regular basis. And and so uh, we have had a great season during December of opportunities to invite people, right? To, to come to our Christmas experiences. One of the times they're most open. Another time we look forward to is Easter, but I'm convinced that this year our best opportunity might be these weeks as we go into the story. Think about it. How many of you have somebody in your oikos who either has never really picked up the Bible or has given up on the Bible? They feel like they never understood it or it didn't relate to their life. Um, Those kinds of things. We we all have somebody like that. And during these weeks, we can share with them about what's happening. Just naturally sharing what we're seeing and what we're doing uh, to be able to say, you know, I've I've struggled to put some of these things together myself. And and here's what we're doing. And, And maybe invite them. Think of somebody. Write somebody down on your program right now. If God is putting, bringing somebody to mind, invite somebody to one of our four services next Sunday and let them, uh, just invite them to come and hear about it and see if it's something that they'd like to engage in. As God works in our lives, as he blesses us, we have a chance to simply share that in tangible ways with people. A simple way uh, that you see here, uh, actually the verse tells us in Luke chapter 3, verse 10, what should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Look over there on page five. There's a simple way uh, this next month where, we, where it says give warmth. Um, bring jackets or blankets, and, and we'll give those out in the community as a way to share our story that God has blessed us, and we want to bless others through that. Those are some ways that you can get the most out of the, the, the experience of the story. But why are we so excited? What, what, what is it? How would I wrap up this? Uh, as I think about the experience, so many people still see the Bible and have experienced the Bible as some, a story about ancient people with weird names that live in a far off place and it really has nothing to do with, with their lives. And so during the story, if you experience the, the four things we just talked about, what can happen in your life? What can happen in our life as a church? Max Lucado, as he saw what happened in his church and saw what happened in, in, in other churches, described it using uh, two masterpieces of art. Let me read you what he said. 
To, to view the first painting, you must travel to Paris. Enter the renowned Louvre Museum. You climb stairs and move from one cavernous room to another until you finally spot it. Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci. The most famous painting in the world and most valuable, valued at over $700 million. He said the size of the painting surprised him. Based on its popularity, he pictured it would be two stories high, but uh, then found, uh, was surprised when it's only 20 inches by 30 inches, about the size of his oven door at home. To the untrained eye, he says, the painting appears somewhat ordinary at first. But as you gaze at the subdued colors and subtle shadows, the details, the translucency of the woman's skin and the moody atmosphere of the background grows on you. You're drawn to her gaze, the hint of smile gleaming there. And you may even agree with those who say that her eyes follow you as you move. That was long before the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, you know. (laughs) The longer you look, the more you want to know about the woman staring back at you. And so you lean closer to the guide who explains that Ms. Lisa was born on June 15th, 1479, during the Italian Renaissance. Her husband was a wealthy Florentine silk merchant who commissioned this painting for their new home to celebrate the birth of their second son, Andrea. After several minutes in front of this famous masterpiece, you stroll through the museum to see painting after remarkable painting of uh, the masterpiece, the greatest artist who ever lived, Rembrandt, Van Gogh, Monet, and others. Each one of them has a completely distinct and different story behind its creation. To view the other famous work of art, you have to go to the Vatican in Rome. Upon arriving, you walk across the magnificent plaza and enter the Sistine Chapel. You look up and you see the breathtaking work of Michelangelo. While da Vinci isolated one person on a single canvas, Michelangelo captured the full sweep of history. Perhaps the most famous scene of the dramatic mural shows the strong arm of God reaching out to touch the limp hand of Adam. It's been reproduced. We've seen it on postcards and posters and and over and over again. As you shift your gaze to take in the enormity of the stunning mural, you're mesmerized by the scope of it all. You may recognize some of the 300 Bible characters painted on the ceiling and the stories that are depicted there. With each section of this mural, uh, it depicts an individual story. They are all connected to tell one grand story. At the highest point of the ceiling, nine scenes out of the book of Genesis appear. Just beneath those scenes are paintings of the 12 prophets who foretold the Messiah, birth of the Messiah. The four corners of the room depict dramatic biblical stories, such as David and Goliath. Each scene, each painting tells its own singular story, stories you may have heard from childhood. Yet the artist united them to display one magnificent work of art. And it all expresses humanity's need for salvation as offered by God through Jesus. And so Lucado concludes the Louvre and the Sistine Chapel, two different venues for creative expression. Both displayed astounding art. The Louvre tells, one, tells thousands of unrelated separate stories. The Sistine Chapel, on the other hand, tells only one. On the surface, you and I, along with billions of other humans, are individual paintings hanging on the wall of some cosmic gallery, distinct and unrelated to each other. What the story experience is all about is helping us to see that your story is intricately woven into the same seamless narrative depicted by Michelangelo on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. God's story as recorded in the Bible. One story as seen through many lives in Scripture and seen through many lives today.
God wants us to, to read the scripture, to read the story and, and experience it in a way as we would that mural. In a sense, uh, we're going to read it with, uh, with bifocals. We're going to have a, a dual lens. And that, that, that lens is the Holy Spirit we know from Scripture. It's the Holy Spirit who allows us to, to have insights and, and be uh, able to learn from and, and change by the Scriptures. And, and the, the first lens, that lower lens of the bifocal, is, is going to focus in on the distinct stories. And as we read them chronologically, we'll begin to have new understanding and new insights about those stories. That's the lower story that we'll talk about. And the lower story is we, where we live our daily lives, where we, we make money and we pay our debts and we, we work through issues and conflicts and we go through breakups and we, we just try to live our, our daily lives. That's where we live the lower story. As, as people of faith, that lower story is where we live day by day and we, we cry out to God to meet our needs and it's so important to, to do that. As we live in the lower story and God is faithful to meet our needs. But that's not what all that what God is about. There's an upper story. There's a higher agenda than just our survival and our comfort. And as we, as we just as you, as you gaze up at the Sistine Chapel, as we lift our eyes to that upper story, we, we look through a different lens. And the Holy Spirit begins to show us how all of those individual stories fit together to tell one story. That one story that God, from the beginning of, before the beginning of time until past the end of time in eternity, God had a story and this story cries out to each one of us. If you want to live life to the fullest and you want to enjoy it forever, then become part of my masterpiece. That's God's invitation to us as we read the story together. Most people, even people who attend church all their lives, view the Bible as an ancient book about what God did in ancient people's, Bible people's lives. And, and we wonder, what does that have to do with me today? What does Abimelech have to do with what I'm going to do this week? And we, we kind of disregard the Bible in terms of how it impacts our daily lives. And so what we are looking forward to so much, why we're so excited about the story experiences, I'm excited about the aha moments that you're going to have that I'm going to have as I, as I read and the Holy Spirit opens up new insight into a story that I've never read that way before from the Bible. As, as we see uh, that upper story unfold, as we gather together for worship and as we interact in small groups, I'm excited about those aha moments that each of us will have. As we see that, that those individual stories, how they begin to see how they fit together and how our lives unfold and fit together in that in God's master plan that he has for each one of us uniquely in that story. I'm excited about this. In all my years of ministry, I've never been more excited about an all-church experience than we're going to have. I'm excited for you and I'm excited for us. I'm excited for the, the stories that we're going to share together about what God is showing us, how he's changing our lives, the ways that we're sharing that story with others and other lives are being changed. And we'll, we'll share those along the way as we share our stories about how God is impacting our story. As we uh, think about uh, beginning to read this week, as you think about coming to worship next week and, that, and looking at that first chapter, I'd encourage you to, uh, if not literally, figuratively, think about that picture of looking up at the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. That instead of just looking at individual stories that are isolated and disconnected, uh, look up. So next week when you come up to worship, into worship, look up. And there's not going to be a mural there. Uh, Pete sometimes can, can do miracles, so maybe we'll have something. No, but, but just figuratively look up. 
spiritually look up and, and look to God to, to be able to, to share with you through the Holy Spirit your part in his story. Whatever you've experienced in 2013, this is our chance. This is our chance in 2014 to move into the new year together and to see how God wants to impact our story with his story. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your incredible love for us. That before, the, before creation, you had us in mind. Your desire to be with us for all eternity has been your story from the beginning. As we enter this new year, may we engage in, in your story in a way where your Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us to show us your great love for us and our part in your great story. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do to change our lives, change the lives of the people that we can touch during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.